pray. Well, Father, we just, uh, we thank you that we can touch your heart. The only way that it was possible is through your son. And we are just so grateful and so thankful that we can actually bless the creator of the universe. Lord, I pray that we just, today, Lord, just open our hearts, Lord, that we might receive revelation from your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we get into your word. And um, we just ask for wisdom. Wisdom and understanding so that we might know you better. Bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everyone doing? Good. Children are dismissed. Pretty good, Bobby, huh? You didn't need to do any smoke signals or anything. <laughs> I used to uh, teach over at Job Corps for about, I don't know, three and a half years, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was quite the challenge being over there, just trying to keep half of them awake or stopping uh, fights from breaking out. So I decided to go on something a little easier, so I got into cop work later. And <laughs> But one of the things that I did as a teacher, um, I'd like to go back over the things that we discussed the week before and just kind of touch on that. And again, we are starting the foundation series, and it's uh, founded on the rock, which is Jesus. And it's all based on Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, maturity. Not laying on, again, the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, Doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. And this will do if God permits. So we found out that in the beginning of our walk, there is a confrontation with Jesus. Uh, not as the Galilean or the carpenter's son, but the living son of God. And he confronts us with that question. Some people say I'm a prophet or a nice guy or like Father Santa Claus or some other type of uh, guru. But who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter responded as like, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus was so excited about that. He's like, blessed are you, Peter. It's like for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So we need to, before we begin the journey and start building this foundation, is like we have to come to Jesus. And he reveals himself to us. And it was so important that Peter didn't keep silent about his belief. He spoke it. He spoke We also know that as we're building this foundation, that the foundation is going to set limits. 
to how big the building is going to be and how much weight it can support. Those things are very important as we begin our walk. And I know some of this may seem elementary, but I think it's good for me, and I think it's good for all of us to hear some of these things again. And maybe some of these things are new, but I always believe, and I can always put my trust in the Lord that He can turn these things that we heard many years ago and turn them into something brand new, fresh manna. We need it. So revelation comes through the Holy Spirit, being born again. And so it's not only important that we hear the Word of God, but that we become doers as well, as we become His disciples, that we don't just hear them and just forget about it and just kind of do what we want but that we're quick to do that and put his words into practice. And of course, ending up last week, uh, we also spoke a lot about our view of the Bible, which is two parts, the scriptures, that which is written in your Bible, and the word of God, because we need to know his voice. We need to understand when he's speaking to us and recognize his voice. So those two parts. So, we are in part two, again, laying the foundation. The title of this is going to be The Authority and Power of God's Word. And I've got like a million scriptures up there. I may not be able to get them all. Some of them you're going to need to probably study when you get home. I see the clock back there. I do have some time, so I think we'll do okay. So, we have to understand that the author of the scriptures is the Holy Spirit. And the author gives authority to what is written. You guys could turn to Second Timothy. Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three verses sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, all Scripture, Genesis, Leviticus, All scripture is profitable, every single bit of it. And in order for us to become fully equipped, mature believers, we have to study every bit of this. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. And let the Lord lead you along the way. But it is important that you get into this word. Make sure that foundation is strengthened. The author of the Holy Spirit is the interpreter and the final authority on his word. If we turn to Second Peter 1, verse 20. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 20. 
knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God, as they spoke, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, I know there were, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but um, don't reject prophecy because there are false prophecies out there, if that makes sense. Um, It is so needed in this dark time. And we know that the Holy Spirit is going to bring that light. So keep on believing. Keep on speaking these words. Don't let it uh, just wipe you out because someone said something that they really wanted to happen. It's okay. These things happen a lot. Anyway, that's for free. So how is it that God's Word is still pure, even though He uses men and women, you know, to bring forth and to bring this beautiful Scripture to life? And um, there's a wonderful psalm um, written by David, Psalm 12, verse 6. Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth or clay, purified seven times. And and you know that us, people, humankind, we're made out of dust and clay. But God still uses us to help write his holy words. And, you know, the silver, I believe, speaks of his word. But it's tried seven times. And I know still, um, I've heard in the Middle East that they'll make these clay type of ovens and still use them today to put whatever metal in there to fire it up seven times to get the dross off of it off of the silver, to purify it. And um, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us. Um, I know there's that proverb that says, like, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up. Okay? It's okay to fall. It's okay to go through fiery trials and through the heat. He's doing something in us if we let him. And it is very uncomfortable. Seven times, I believe, has to do with perfection and it has to do with the Holy Spirit. That He does this work inside of these vessels of clay. It's amazing. It's His decision now. Kind of going over what we talked about the Scriptures last time when Jesus was rebuking John, verse 10, verse 35, his view of the Scriptures. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be pretty quick. I'm going to read the last part of it. It says, To whom the Word of God came, and the Scriptures cannot be broken. And it's so important to understand that... um, 
there are many people out there in many different sects that have broken the Word of God and have gone their own way. And I'm not going to start naming off some of those different religions right now because I don't want to appear like I'm attacking them. But um, they broke the Word of God. At one time, they were following it, and there was something inside of the Word of God that they decided, whether it was um, talking about eternal judgment in hell or about Jesus Christ being God, and they didn't agree with that, um, they erred and they went on. They broke the Word of God. But our, we have to stay within this, the bounds of this, of our foundation. We cannot go beyond that foundation. And in the end, the terrible thing is, uh, they might be thinking that they know better than God's Word, but in the end, God's Word is going to break them. And it's a terrible thing. So let's stay true to the Course. Let's stay true to Him. And He who's faithful is going to do it. He's given us the grace to do that each and every day. <clears throat> Definitely one of the, the important things of us as we're becoming His disciples is that we learn to hear His voice. If we turn to John 10, uh, 27 and 28... Let's start with verse 26. It says, But you do not believe. Speaking here to Sadducees and the Pharisees. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I have said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And again, that's God's grace. I don't understand it completely. I don't want to understand it because it's so magnificent sometimes. But there it is. As his disciples, we have got to recognize his voice. And one of the ways we can do that is line it up with this scripture right here. He's not going to lead you astray. And a lot of times he keeps it things so simple for me that it's even hard for me to screw it up. That's the way he deals with me. Maybe he deals with you differently. So as we look at the scripture, we know that Jesus, he is the word of God. And... Before we get into his confrontation with the enemy, um, I was thinking of what had happened um, back in the days of Hezekiah, that the enemy also likes to use words against us to get us moved off of that place, moved off of salvation, to try to get us to doubt. And we know ages before in the past that when Eve was tempted by the enemy, um, one of the things that he first started was not just trying to lie to her completely, was just to get her to doubt a little bit. Just a little bit. And then from doubt, he moved on to disbelief. And then from that, she disobeyed along with Adam. And here we are. So, 
the enemy, he uses a lot of these types of um, strategies against us to, the way I think, he likes to wear us out. And if you guys, it's a long, long kind of a story here of Hezekiah. If you guys could turn to Second uh, Kings 18. Hezekiah was one of the most godly of all kings during this time. And he was having to contend with king of Assyria. The Assyrians were very brutal. But one of the ways that, I guess, people who have ever been in the military before, um, they use the same tactics. Um, 18 verses 17 through 37. I'm not going to read the entire thing. I think you guys need to kind of take a look at it yourself um, when you get home or during the week. But one of the things that, instead of just coming out with an outright attack, what the king of the Assyrians did is that he sent a messenger and he could stand a distance from the walls of Jerusalem and begin to try to demoralize them. And he's like, listen, all these other gods that were supposed to save these other countries from my king is like they're in a burning heap in the back somewhere. Um, no one has stopped me. No one has stopped my king or our armies. And actually, one of the uh, the people on the walls for the Hebrews said, listen, can you speak in Aramaic? <laughs> because it's like you're, all these other people are hearing it, and that we'd rather than not, but the guy continued on. One of the things he was saying was he was mocking God's people and their length of strength and preparedness. And... That's something that the uh, the enemy will constantly try to use these same tactics in your own life. I know he's done it with me. It's like, who are you? What have you done? Or more importantly, look at the weird things that you've done in your life that make you think that you can stand before me and make your stand against me. Who do you think you are as he brings those words? This is just before the attack. To soften them up. And at the end of it, after mocking God's people and asking where the Lord their God is, he comes out with a nice little tidbit for them. He's like, listen, come out of your Jerusalem, make peace with me, eat, drink, be at ease. It's like, later on, I'll come and I'll take you away to a faraway land that's just like the one that you got right here. Without even trying to fire a shot. He was trying to defeat them just through his words. And the good part of the story, the great part of it, righteous King Hezekiah brought this letter and brought all these things before the Lord. And he laid them out before him. He's like, look what this man is saying. Look what he's said and what he's done. And at the end of the story, the Lord rescued Jerusalem. He rescued his people. 
they were mocking him, saying, I'll give you ten, I'll give you two thousand horses if you've got enough people to put onto them to fight against me. But in the end, God sent one angel to destroy 185,000 of their army. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is. He does not change. But don't let the enemy get you in that siege mentality where you're just doing this. Okay? I'm glad (laughs) some of you guys might be able to take a beating. That's great. But, as we're about to find out in this last part before we end up, we can fight back under the power of His might, His strength, with the weapons that He's given us. Not the weapons of this world. Mighty weapons for tearing down. Mighty weapons to scatter the enemies of our lives. If you guys would turn to Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 4. Very, very familiar passage. We'll start with verse 1. Excuse me. Then Jesus was led up. This is after he was baptized by John the Baptist. He was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said... If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And just like with Eve, he was challenging her position. Did God really say? With the Son of God, the arrogance, though, uh, that's here. He was asking if you were the Son of God, and a few verses before that, God said, this is my beloved Son. But, He was in a weakened position, and that's usually when the enemy comes. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil took him up into the holy city and set him in the pinnacle of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The enemy knows the word too. He can twist it. Jesus said to him, It is is written you shall not tempt the Lord your God again the devil took him up an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give to you if you will just but fall down 
and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and with him only that you shall serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And it is so important to realize that the words that are in this book that is a weapon to be used against the enemy. It is a sword. The sword of the Spirit that comes out. And he noticed that the, the enemy didn't try to dissuade or argue the points as Jesus spoke his scriptures. He just quickly went on to the next thing. Like a good prosecutor. They're beaten in a point. They'll move quickly on to the next thing. They're not going to stay there. And the enemy won't do that either. So, number one, do what Jesus did here. Don't try to argue. Use the Scriptures. Not as a wild man or a woman, just hacking away and stuff like that, but knowing what parts of the Scriptures to use against them. Every single one of these Scriptures is from Deuteronomy too, by the way. And um, Jesus and Satan, neither of them contended that it wasn't. It is the Word of God. Even Deuteronomy, guys. Even Leviticus. It's all important. If you could turn to Revelations 12.11. I want to back up because I love this part. Verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, he accused us before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they, us, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. As Jesus overcame and as he used the word of God, we have to do the same thing. We have to become equipped to know how to use these instruments of righteousness to make our stand in this day. And I was so blessed by um, Jack, what he shared today. And um, the music was so great. Because that also is a weapon. That is a weapon. And I know in my own life, especially my darkest points, usually when I'm asleep, poor Becky, 
waking up from a nightmare or whatever else is going on, that usually by now um, there is a song of praise or a scripture that I use to confront the enemy and to go back to sleep to get my rest. You guys go ahead and turn to Psalm 8, verses 2. Psalm 8. I'm just going to do verse 1 to. The Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You who set your glory above the heavens. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. We may be mere babes and infants in the sight of the enemy, but our praise can silence him. As we praise God in the moments when we feel the driest, and we feel far away from God, and we've been hearing the words of the enemy all week as he's pounded on us, we can still come together and praise His name. And that silences His mouth. He has no choice. Where we move from the realm of how I feel, your soul, into the realm of that spirit which is born from above. You were made to worship God. You were made to be there with Him in fellowship. And like David said before to his old soul, O soul, bless the Lord. Bless Him. Because a lot of times we do not feel like it. But God, we've got to go beyond our feelings. He has given us His Holy Spirit to stir these things up inside of us. These things that bring us closer to Him. And let me just kind of recommend, and I'm not saying this, and you guys are doing this, don't go look for a fight. Do what your commander is telling you to do. You know, don't be going out there throwing rocks at some hornet's nest when he's not telling you to do that. There'll be plenty of time for a fight. But when we're with him, we still need to hear his word. Listen to his voice and be obedient. So this did not go on as long as I thought it was going to. And that's okay. I made it for last week. But it's just, it's so amazing to me that he's carried us this far. And that he is not going to stop. And that... There may have been a long time in your life where all you did was absorb punches or insults from the enemy. You have his word to strike back, to protect your family, your husband, and your wife, your grandchildren, your children. 
especially you mothers, and I wasn't planning on saying this, you mothers, you've got to let the inner mama bear come out when someone comes after your little ones. It wasn't for any mistake that in the scriptures that when Elijah called down that curse on those 42 youths that were going kook on, I'm calling them a bald head and stuff, it was two mama bears that came down. And you've got to be the same way with your family. You've got to protect that. That is your home turf. Don't let the enemy come in. And I'm not going to tell you don't watch TV. I'm not saying that. But if you are under some sort of oppression and depression, some of it may be just from listening and watching things that you should not be doing and listening to. Just withdraw from that for a little while. Because a lot of what's out there right now is just absolute rubbish. So, I am done with my message for the day. I don't feel that the Lord is done with us all the way today. Um, Becky, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to come up. (laughs) But I would like to... um, Leave with the praises of God on our lips and in our hearts. And just be thankful for who He is and what He's done. He has done it all. And a great response from His people, be thankful. He is good. Amen? Amen. We'll just sing a little bit. You can sing with us. You can pray. You can. It really blessed me with the kids that were doing the flags. Thank you, parents who were letting them do that. That was a blessing. Um, if at some point you need to go and you need to get your children, feel free to do so. Um, I will just see whatever God wants to do.